It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Not even the fantasy hipsters know who hey. Wait, Tom Brady's not in the retirement home with you yet, Dad? Hey everyone, welcome to the 11th episode of the Fantasy Hipsters Podcast. I'm your guy, Matt Franchise, right across from me, my buddy Matt Harmon. What's going on, buddy? You kind of doubted yourself there a little bit on 11th? the 11th episode. I was th- No, I was thinking about that actually the other day, and I was like, oh yeah, we, we have done 10 episodes so far. Yeah, because we added this extra mailbag one in, so... Right, we're all we're all off. We've got the flagship Wednesday episode, then we've got the, the mailbag. Lots going on right now in, in the hipster world, and... Uh, you know, but look, we've got a jam-packed episode today, so we're not going to mess around too much. But as always, we want to tell you that this podcast is sponsored by Duchamp's Grooming Company. It's vintage-inspired, handmade grooming products for the modern-day man. Listen, these guys have everything you could possibly want, whether you're bearded, whether you're beardless. And speaking of which, look, shout out to Duchamp's. They sent us a care package last week. A ton of new stuff. If you're watching the show on YouTube, which you can do through the Fantasy Hipsters YouTube channel, you're seeing some some new products here. Whether it's the the beard wash or especially the hair serum, and I'm telling you guys, I've been talking about that on this podcast. Finally got your hands on. Finally got it, and it is incredible. Whether you use it as kind of like just a conditioner when your hair is wet, or you let your hair dry a little bit and you use it as a styler, and that way you're not using gel or wax or paste or anything. That's all I have my hair right now, bro. And it looks like this. Pretty good, right? It looks good, yeah. Yeah, so do champs will hook you guys up and franchise. Tell them about the special listener code just for our uh, for our listeners. Yeah, do champs is generous enough to offer a 15% off promo code for anything on their website. Just enter hipsters pod one word at checkout for 15% off. Use that promo code, get your percentages off, get some hair serum, get some beard stuff, and you're set. Absolutely, DoChampsGrooming.co. Check them out. So, franchise, it's the week of the draft. What's what's you got? Anything you need to get off your chest? Uh, you know what? It's NFL draft week. It's fun, fun times. But uh, I'm going on a finally here. Finally, my God, uh, I'm going on a road trip this weekend. Kind of terrible timing because it's draft weekend. I'm going off the grid. Let me just put into uh, off the grid. Yeah, let me just let me just it. let you know how far off the grid I'm going. I got a we got an email from my fiance's uncle of directions of how to get where I'm going to Utah, which kind of makes sense because I'm big on Jamal Williams out of BYU. So a eh, little little uh, synergy there. Mm. Anyway, got this email. Uh, Once you leave I-15 in Utah, cell phone service will be almost non-existent. So basically, we have to put this wherever we're going in Apple Maps and hope and pray that it works because Google Maps won't work. Uh, he also said, 
Uh, stop in Cedar City, fill up your gas tank, and get food. There's almost nothing after that for the next two hours. And then there are very few there are very few roads out here, so it's nearly impossible to make a wrong turn because there aren't any. I love that. I line. was like, whoa, 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 where are we going? I'm going on a road trip, guys, and I might not come back. Oh man, well this is gonna have to turn into a solo pod, or I'm gonna have to re- I'm gonna have to replace you. So if you think you can be a potential second hipster co-host, uh, you better send in your applications now. If well, I have to TBD. Well, I mean, if you don't come back, I TBD. need to be prepared. We got a we got a pod to push out Wednesday, yeah. Wednesday pal. So. I know, I know. I'll be back. I'll be back. I'm just saying. Know, I'm going. Go. You know, they joke on the NFL Fantasy Live podcast that we going into the wilderness. Right. I'm actually going into the wilderness. Clearly, I love the. You, there's. It's hard to make a wrong turn out here because there are no. There yeah. Are no roads or whatever. I love that. That should be like on a shirt. I was like, whoa! I had to read it like three times. Incredible. Levels, man. Levels. Anyway, we got a packed show, right? Yeah, we we've got a packed show, and look, you know. Normally, we start out talking with the news and whatever, and I know there are some big items in the news right now, whether it's Martavis being reinstated or uh, some washed running back that people are going to overhype for this season, signing with the Saints. I get it. We, we will get to that next week, but we have a jammed pack interview for you guys with Roto World's Josh Norris, who's an actual draft analyst as opposed to just a couple of jokers like Franchise and I talking about player evaluation. So, look. We're going to kick it to the interview with Josh, but before we do, we also want to tell you that that interview is going to be presented to you by Reality Sports Online. If you've never heard of Reality Sports Online, then you have not yet discovered the greatest way to play fantasy football. That's right. I said it. The greatest way to play fantasy football is on realitysportsonline.com. Greatest way ever. Ever. You get to essentially be an actual NFL general manager. They have a free agency auction room where you and your league mates can bid to try to sign the NFL's top talent to single or multi-year contracts. They can host up to 32 teams. I don't even like 32 people enough to play I know. on that kind of... I mean, that's insane. Yeah. But maybe you do. Maybe you're super popular. Yeah. I get it. Cool. Yeah. But if you do decide to do that, you have a host of options on your hand there in terms of a rookie draft, multi-team trades, franchise tags, injured reserve, automated contract and salary cap functionality, and so much more. You can test your GM skills for free today with a 14-day trial at realitysportsonline.com. And if you like what you see, you can use the promo code HIPSTERS to receive a 10% off discount on your team or league today. Fantasy just got real at realitysportsonline.com. So with that, with our presenting sponsor in hand, we are going to kick it right now to our interview with Josh Norris. Uh, Enjoy. And now we're pleased to be joined by our first official uh, football person guest. We did have Brandon back in episode uh, episode five talking about beer and knife knives for- made out of railroad ties. Yeah, yeah. And I, you know, for a long time, I experimented with the idea of this podcast, like never interviewing anybody football wise, right? Um, and like just interviewing random people. But because franchise and I are basically like fake talking about the draft because we don't really know what the hell we're talking about out of outside of like running backs and wide receivers and maybe a few tight ends. I was Correct. like, we should actually bring on somebody that kind of knows what they're talking about about the draft. Get a little bit of a step up. So we've got Roto World's Josh Norris here <laughs> on the line. Their resident uh, draft. Like, do you prefer draft expert or draft what? guru? No, I am a guy who watches football and shares his opinion. Like that. that is as far as it goes. People, I've worked with people 
that get caught up in titles, and I'm not into that at all. I really am. I would be fine with someone just saying, hey, you watch a lot of football, and you share your opinion. Yeah, That's who you are. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I completely agree with that, especially when it comes to the, the fake title of fantasy expert that someone probably just made up for themselves at one point. It was like, and now we're all going to be called fantasy experts. Give me a break, pal. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, officially you are Roto World's NFL senior draft writer and, uh, and analyst. Not okay. even senior. Like, I know I look old, but I'm only 28. Oh, come on. You you are getting so let's let's talk about this real quick before before we get into the before we get into the draft stuff. Let's just talk about you real quick, Josh. Yes. Um you are you obviously like if people don't know your background, you once worked with the St. Louis Rams as a scouting intern there, correct? Yeah. And and you recently posted a video of um Oh no, please of, don't play that anywhere in this. I know you guys do like fade in, fade out. But yeah. I was I was I was so bad. I was so bad. And that was so that was Elon University. OK, that's where I went. I was a broadcast communications major. You would not be able to tell by that video. But I, <laughs> I, I was part of student media where I started off in radio, where I had like an Elon sports show. At least that's how we titled it, because that's what they needed. But instead, we'd spend five minutes on that reading, like the stories on the website and then switched over to other sports. But then I, I joined the. Elon Television Network, and that was a show called One on One Sports, which actually won an Emmy. Uh, you wouldn't tell by my performance, and <laughs> and yeah, so I, I was like the draft guy for that. And my senior year, we did a full simulcast of the first round with the NFL draft. And so for like months, we planned on this. Like they put me in the film room, as you saw, with like an oversized shirt. There's there's a reason why everything looks oversized to me on me, Harmon. It's because I have a super huge neck. Mm. Um, I have an 18 inch neck. I think so, we've talked about this before. <laughs> so, so my, I can't just like go to the store and get one off the rack unless it's like, you know, I'm wearing a parachute. Um, so that's my excuse. But anyways, <laughs> there was no excuse for how bad I was and I was really bad. But what's funny is the reason I do video and television work now is because my boss found that and I started doing videos with Kay Adams. Uh, and yeah. then it just has gotten a lot better since then, hopefully at least. It, it has. I know you were just on um, the DFS Edge podcast, because all I do is listen to podcasts all day, apparently. With, and I listened to that one with you and Adam Levitan, and you were talking about kind of developing as TV. And since Franchise and I also just started doing TV stuff last year, yeah. I was like recognizing with a lot of what you were saying about how, especially time frame wise, you know, you're like, Two minutes. All I have is two minutes. What the hell am I going to say in two minutes? And then by the right. by the end of the season, we're like, whew, two minutes. What are we going right. to say for two minutes? Right, right. <laughs> right. Yeah, if, if there's anything I can, like, throw out there as, I mean, and I, again, I am very inexperienced when it comes to this. But I, I didn't get better or really it didn't click for me until I screwed up. And I don't know if either of you have had that moment. I don't know if your show is live. I think it only, is. Only franchises had that. I've never seen <laughs> oh, The truth but, is revealed. But you have, you have that moment where you screw up or you forget, like, this next line that you play in your head. Yes. And, and five seconds feels like 50 seconds. Yes. Like, the whole room is dead and everyone's looking at you. Yes. But then, for me, I'm super self-critical, so I'll go back and watch it. And it just looks like a normal pause. Like, right. nothing right. absolutely happened. So, it took a few of those to make me realize, okay, I don't have to have everything planned out in my head. I can be in the moment, but really just come with one thing, rather than as the person here tells me, don't overstuff the taco. Um, and anyways, tacos are carbs and I don't eat those. Ah, dig <laughs> it. Good. We, well, Josh, we could do a whole health episode podcast, a whole... <laughs> 
you know, just completely not on the draft, even, you know, talk more about this media stuff, but we'll save that for a different time. Um, and we really want to bring you on because obviously, like I said, franchise and I, we know the running backs, we know the wide receivers and some of the offensive skill position players that we've ranked on our bookie, rookie board. And we'll talk about that a little bit later, but we also just want some general thoughts from you on the draft. Um, including especially about the quarterbacks, because I don't know what the hell I'm talking about with quarterbacks. I mean, other than kind of like where they should fit or whatever, but a franchise, I don't know. how. What are your, you got any quarterback Quar- takes? Quarterbacks are not my strength. Yeah, so, so we don't know what we're talking about. So yeah. we're going we're gonna to let you kind of dish on these quarterbacks, and we'll riff on that for a little bit. So first question off the bat from us. Yeah. This is like, there's kind of a consensus big four, right? Like kind of, yeah. let's go through each one of them. And I believe it, you know, it's Mitch Trubisky, Deshaun Kaiser, Patrick Mahomes, and uh, Deshaun Watts. Deshaun Watson. Right. Those are kind of the big four. What do each of them kind of do well? Like, what kind of quarterbacks do you foresee them being in the league? So, and just specifically, let me start by saying this. I don't see any as quality starters. And that's kind of what I look for if I want to rank them at the top of the draft. And for me with quarterbacks, you kind of have to tier them in their own groupings, like either they transcend your board, if you think they're going to be quality starters. So in my opinion, that was Marcus Mariota and Jameis Winston and <clears throat> Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, mm. And then other than that, rest in to peace, me, Teddy. for real, man. Uh, and then for me, if, if I think that they might can be starters or, or grow into that role, I put them after all first round grades. And that's where I would put this grouping. And that's where I put, Jared Goff and Carson Wentz last year. Um, let, let's kind of start off by, you know, going in the order that how they'll probably go off the board. Mitchell Trubisky, one-year starter. We all know that small sample size, 13 games, really just 12 because one was in super heavy rain. Uh, in that offense, and you guys know this watching, you know, Ryan Switzer or Elijah Hood or whoever, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's very much a rhythm-based offense. And so what I watch for when I watch Trubisky is – what he's like, how he handles situations when he's forced to hold on to the football longer than he's expected to. Okay. And I actually think that he was very solid in those areas. There were plenty of times where he showed footwork in the pocket in terms of keeping his eyes up and filing through the pass rush. And to me, nothing else matters if a guy uh, cannot handle pressure, if, if he can't succeed inside of a confined pocket. Um, Deshaun Watson, on the other hand, I hate his initial reaction to pressure. And I know that he played his best against Alabama and all that kind of stuff. But even in those games, like you saw, and I'm sure you guys have watched those contests, you saw someone who, when he faced pressure on, either on the edge or on the interior, like would drop his eyes and want to find open area. Mm-hmm. And that's like a playmaker mentality. And for some, they love that. You know, Tyrod does it, Cam does it, Russ does it, a few others, Aaron Rodgers. It works for them, but it has failed for hundreds of others. And mm-hmm. so I just don't like that initial reaction. Can uh, I jump Patrick, in on Watson yeah, yeah, go real ahead, quick? Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. So, so with Watson, what's funny with, you know, I, I know Ben Albright has, and I've heard other people mention like an Alex Smith comparison with him. And I kind of get it from one angle in terms of like maybe what he would be in the league in terms of like he's a winner you know, whatever, yeah. whether you want, like, and you can Oval think which, as well. Yeah. He's, he can win, get pick, pick up a first down with his feet or whatever. And you can think whatever you want about the winner or, you know, whatever that, that mentality, the, the clutch gene or whatever, you can think whatever you want, but I think it does in some way mean something like you got to have a pair of nuts to play quarterback in the NFL. And I think Watson and, and Smith, to, but then that, that, that's where I feel like the, the comparison kind of diverges there because Watson, you know, especially watching so much Mike Williams, Watson definitely doesn't have any fear. Like, he'll throw it into tight windows. He'll throw it down the field. 
Um, but the accuracy maybe not is not so pinpoint. I feel like that's what a lot of people mention with him too. Yeah, Alex doesn't take a lot of chances. But I would say this. I, I think people believe that Alex is just a game manager, which, again, that label is dependent on how you define it. But Alex, to me, actually runs into a lot of sacks. Yeah. Like a bulk, a huge number of the sacks are ones that he created. And I would say Deshaun Watson is the same thing because hmm. that Clemson offensive line was outstanding. Um, do you want me to go on to Patrick Mahomes? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Because I, I, and I'll just dis- disclaimer: I like Mahomes a lot. I think, it, like, if I had a, you know, I don't know how much confidence I have in him, but like, listening, I not, listen. I might be a sucker. Yeah, I, in fact, you are. I re- yeah, <laughs> for a lot of things, <laughs> can I confirm. Don't you agree? <laughs> for a lot of things, I probably am. Uh, but like listening to interviews with him, he does seem like the the type of dude I would want to bet on to like beat the odds or whatever of the yeah. of what he obviously will have to overcome which is a weird college offense that does not translate a lot to the NFL and the fact that he succeeded most of the time outside of structure but but you go ahead knowing that that's what well, how I feel no, about yeah it. yeah I understand what you're saying I but from my perspective I don't know how anyone can be confident in his, in his evaluation either completely positive or completely negative mm-hmm. um there is no comparison of success for him in the NFL in that style. There just isn't. Like, he really does play the game like Johnny, but with a bigger arm. Um, if you watch, okay, Harmon, this is your homework before Thursday. I'm not doing any homework. Bro, <laughs> do, you know, do you know how many wide receivers for the NFL I have to chart right now? I'm not doing any All right, homework, franchise. All right, franchise. All right, watch this it. game and then tell him about it. Okay. Uh, it's, the, it's the TCU game for Patrick Mahomes. It is awful. It's so bad. They did this mush rush thing where they stay in their lanes and they didn't allow him to succeed outside of structure or, or escape it or anything like that. And he had no idea what to do with the football. It's the same thing with Johnny against LSU, I believe, in college. And again, I, I understand all the traits and things like that, but mm-hmm. I wouldn't – Mahomes just isn't the type that – he's not my type. And I, I really do think that a lot of times with quarterback evaluations, it's tough to argue with people who've actually watched because we all have our types. You know, Some like big arm statues. Some like the mobile big playability, you know, and and there's a lot of stuff in between. Well, what's your um, what's your type, Josh? What's your type for quarterback? Someone who succeeds inside of structure, um, under pressure. Okay, but it can also no, <laughs> that that was too simple. Um, uh, what is <laughs> yeah, right? That's okay. Good, 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 good qualifications. Yeah. Uh, well, right now my type is uh, I was about to make a horrible joke, but I'm not going to. This um, is, the, this go is a podcast date, for horrible jokes, Josh. Yeah, and, <laughs> anyone who will go on a second date with me is, is the right way to say that. That's, that's um, fair. Josh, this, uh, this entire our entire brand that this podcast is based off is basically based off a horrible joke, which is this. Yeah, our bit. So, our <laughs> oh, it's a bit. It's a shtick. It's not for real. Wow. I was getting, I, I, so I was getting a ton of heat on Twitter this morning about the fact that like I broke my French press. I had to go buy a new one. And people were like, you call yourself a hipster and all you're using is a French press. I'm like, and I, I just started responding to people. I'm like, yo, I'm, I'm not a, actually a hipster. I just play one on TV. Yeah, it's a right. character. Um, so I would say my type at quarterback, like I said, it's all about to me the shoulders up and and the waist down, mm. like. It doesn't matter in between because I, I, I think you can get away with with a weaker arm in a lot of cases if someone succeeds inside of a confined pocket. And we, so much of that of the of the NFL game is played under duress. And we see countless college guys just like not succeed even in college when they are pressured. Um, and I think Mahomes is one of those. I know he can make the big play and create the big play, but that's just not my type. Um 
However, Deshaun Kaiser is my type. Now this ah. is your this is your guy. This is the one uh, you you think is QB one, right? Yeah, but I mean, again, I'm not sold on him like I was Marcus or Jameis or those sure. guys. But I, I truly think that 2015 Deshaun Kaiser is the best quarterback out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and what he he was 19 years old as the third quarterback on the roster in the spring and just like steps up out of nowhere and leads this team almost to the college football playoff. Like I, I think I storified like. 25 of his throws and it was ridiculous stuff just amazing stuff that he could do um when under duress and he played with really good players you know they had uh ronnie stanley at left tackle they had will fuller but even like a lot of plays were left in the field because of will fuller uh sorry Harmon. and well you don't have to say that will fuller is not my guy you don't you don't know but, but he drops the ball so i thought he might be your guy oh no uh, <laughs> Listen, that is a really big oversimplification, and I won't have that on. This is my show, Josh. You can't just do this to me. Um, but no, I, and I can't tell you why Deshaun Kaiser wasn't as good as 2016. I can tell you that that roster was absolutely horrendous in 2016. Um, and I also think that Brian Kelly's comments were extremely uncalled for. And that's not what you do, especially in comparison to like what Dabo Sweeney was saying about mm-hmm. Deshaun Watson being the Michael Jordan football. So Yeah, it's it's that's been the big kind of thing about Deshaun Kaiser's draft stock is that like people talk about his confidence you know his he obviously doesn't seem to have gotten along with his college coaching staff and there was just recently those comments where he said that you know in some way form or another he said he's he's Cam Newton's body with Tom Brady's head or intellect or whatever and I think it's awesome by the way yeah I know you so but you had a positive reaction to it but I've heard other people say that that's going to give get him like the fake tough guy label or whatever so so what 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 makes what makes that a good thing to you well and I I, let's spin this towards what the anonymous scouts are saying and let's get into anonymous scouts sure this is the time to do Um, it yes one one anonymous scout to Bob McGinn and I think Bob McGinn is great in Mm -hmm. terms of having this access and sharing all this information he called like and don't take offense to this. He called Deshaun Kaiser like the most pure millennial or something like that, which is the weirdest thing to say. All right, like, I'm, I'm triggered. What? <laughs> <laughs> um, but when we keep this thing in mind with anonymous scouts, remember we are believing someone we've never met mm-hmm. when they are discussing a per- another person we've never met. Like what I, what I think about whenever anonymous scouts are discussing someone's personality or their character or how they get along with people, We all have people we know who we don't like at all. However, other people like that person. Like we are all individuals with personalities that aren't going to mesh with everyone. So who's to say that that scout just didn't get along with that prospect? However, a number of other people appreciate that prospect or like that prospect, you know, as as a person. So this whole thing about trusting someone you've never met about another person's personality is absolute rubbish. It's absolute rubbish. Yeah, good point. Yeah, I think I think you I saw you talking about that the other day on Twitter or in a podcast or something uh and and that was I thought that was a great point like the fact that you're trusting someone you've never met so who the hell knows what they think if and you they, even like that person you might not even like that person right, or you're like completely that. disagree with like the the philosophical way in which they evaluate human beings behavior also and i think i wanted to chime in on that and i was like you know what i'm not going to get into it but like i wanted to be like also probably that person you don't know completely probably unqualified to talk about like a, yes. a human behavior which yeah. you know none of us really are professionally qualified i think of, of this trio here um but Anyways, one of my favorites, just uh, on a blurb on Dante Foreman on Roto World, it's it's titled "Evaluator Said." 
Like, what's the difference between yeah. an anonymous scout and an evaluator? Yeah, and okay, <laughs> and no, it, it's the same a, thing. Well, yeah, and I think I kind of change those things up at times, uh, just because right, I don't right, want to right. say anonymous scout and stuff like that. Right. But and, and and this is completely different tangent. I wouldn't call myself a scout ever. And Harmon, I've talked about this on your podcast before. Um, because I, I do think that scouts, a big part of their job is getting information. I would call myself an evaluator if I had to put a label on it. Gotcha. Um, just, just because I don't do all that legwork of, of research. Um, I just watch and look, yeah. but yeah, I mean, again, it's anonymous scouts. Yeah. You might not get along with them. And that is important when trusting someone else's personality. Someone said like, well, that's what all news is and entertainment and all that kind of stuff. I'm like, well, maybe that's why I don't watch the news or right. read gossip magazines or all that kind of stuff. Cause I would rather have my own opinion about someone. Yeah. So, yeah, there's just a lot. Yeah. There's a lot that goes into it that we can't really account for. Uh, and yeah. like, like, like franchise, you mentioned Deontay Foreman. Yeah. Like, did anyone know that story that came out I yesterday? Didn't, I didn't know it until I saw it on good morning football this morning. Exactly. That that came out. I, I saw it last night with the Andrea Kramer story. And yeah. Ray Sumlin, who's another writer at Roto World, lives in that area. And he said all of his Texas friends had no idea about that story. I mean, it, it's it's amazing how little we know about these prospects as people. Yeah. So to me, how can we even judge them as people? Yeah. Like we might get information on 50 prospects in this class. And to me, it's even fair to judge that 50 on the other 700 we know nothing about. Right. So that's why I don't even factor that stuff in. Yeah, and we could really go on a tangent with this for a long time because, it, you know, Matt Waldman, who we all have a appreciation for on this show, yeah. uh, and, like, he wrote the piece, like, The Great Emotional Divide, like, the thing between what we know about prospects and, what you know, and denying emotion in football is a foolish thing to do. And essentially, like, you can kind of paraphrase that, one thing that's crazy about what we do is, like, why this is really all fruitless, <laughs> what we're doing here talking, trying to project to players in the NFL, is that, like, these guys are, you know, 21-year-old, 22-year-old right. people. They're kids. You know, They're like, kids. I mean, people, I'm a, I'm 20, I'll be 26 in August. I'm 25 right now. Like, I have changed a ton yeah. in yep. the last three to four years. Like, yep. and who knows with the variables of money, attention, fame, you know, an excruciatingly difficult job that asks a lot from you, you know, like breaking news, it's not just going out and playing football. Like that's a whole nother variable that can just completely change a human being, especially when you don't, like you're saying, you don't know the p whole picture. Yep. Yeah. Yep, yeah, absolutely. And and this is something that they did full time in college. It was a job and they weren't getting paid for it. Mm -hmm. So who knows how they alter positive or negatively once they do start getting paid for. So. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think there's just a lot of I don't know. I think teams, like if they were to employ like psychologists or something, and I don't, maybe Seattle, it does Seattle does extensive psychological tests. Mm, um, that's interesting in comparison to a lot of other teams, and that's a major mm. part of their evaluations. Yeah, I was talking. I actually had a conversation about this with a, a therapist, a friend of mine who's a who's a psychologist, and and she was saying that. I was, I was just talking about her with wide receiver stuff, and she said she bet that, that like you could make a. A real like impactful study based on like wide receivers brain patterns and like how they fire off hand-eye coordination and stuff and like all this kind of advanced Crazy. sort of things yeah you could really like i said we could go on a tangent with this topic 
for a yeah, long Matt, time. We, we just started putting chips and pads. I think we're a bit farther from away from doing that other stuff. Yeah, oh, and believe know. me, we are we are very far away from what we could be doing with those chips and pads. I know. Next gen I stats. to throw that in there. I, I don't even I don't even want to get into the struggle that that is. But oh boy. nevertheless, we'll, we'll we'll keep moving here. Um, but that is that is a great discussion to have beyond just the basic draft stuff. Um, so, are there any like kind of sleeper quarterbacks that you like though? While we're while we're still on quarterbacks, no. like no, it, it's, it's there's <laughs> wow. a, you know everybody is listen the, the big the big trope this year is the who's <laughs> the next being honest good no that's good so you're not about Dave you're not about that Davis Webb life or Josh Dobbs or Chad Kelly like I I honestly didn't even waste time on them after watching a handful of exposures cool then so. we're not we're not going to waste your time on this podcast then. All right, franchise. You you've got a question for Josh. You, yeah. you ask away. Yeah, Josh. So from your experience, how much does athletic testing matter versus what you see on a player's tape in terms of NFL draft day value and B fantasy value? Um, you see a lot of like good good or bad combine results get overblown or you know blown mm-hmm. out of proportion, especially during the season because we live in this bubble and after the combine. Those measurables are kind of all we have to talk about for a few weeks. Um, so, like, how much do you, from your experience, do NFL teams take the athletic testing, uh, yeah. you know, prioritize that over what they see on tape for a player when they're trying to put a value on them? Uh, much more than they used to. And we all know that Seattle was kind of the standard for all this and, and used it to help build their early Super Bowl teams. Um, however, since then, a lot of other teams have been employing it, and Seattle's really moving away from it. If you look at a lot of their yeah. talents, I mean, you look at Thomas Rawls and Alex Collins and a few other names. They're awful athletes, yeah. like horrendous <laughs> athletes. Um, and 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 so, whereas, and, and I mean, it, it was just what was the term? It's a market inefficiency. inefficiency Is that correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, I that didn't study that at all. I studied broadcast and put out that terrible <laughs> draft video. Um, and, and so back then, since no one was doing it, then Seattle could get prospects they believed were great in rounds four and rounds five. But then once everyone kind of started attaching it to evaluations, those prospects started going in rounds two and rounds three. Um, I, I absolutely buy into, um, I, I, I buy into athletic testing in that I think it's an important piece of the process because I am very aware that my eyes will lie. Mm -hmm. And I think far too often we trust just our eyes when that has lied to us that have they they have lied to us multiple times mm-hmm, we're right. wrong a lot um but in terms of what percentage i can't give you a percentage right. um you know some people say 15 10 whatever i can't give you a percentage of how much the tape is how much the athletic testing is how much the the all-star games are it's right. just kind of a fluid thought for me for each one now I, I do think that with athletic testing, it's great to identify who the top end athletes are, but just at the same time, it's it's equally as important to identify who the non NFL athletes are. Or if you like in Dalvin Cook's case, for yeah. example, yeah, who, who uh, has an athletic profile that has never been selected in round one. I mean, Jarvis Jones on the edge was one of those as well. Yeah, um, and he's awful. Uh, and <laughs> he's and and. But I, I like Dalvin Cook. Like I say so much negative stuff about Dalvin Cook because I feel like I have to say that look, he's unlikely to go in round one because of eighteen years of testing. But in the, the day, guys, I really like Dalvin Cook. It just yeah. gets out because of, of how we discuss him. But I, I would say that those are, are the um, great identifiers. But I would also say this, like if you go look up Julian Edelman's mock draftable web and mock draftable and three sigma athlete with Zach Whitman do great work. Great resources, uh, yeah. Um Edelman's 
Webb like showcases him and identifies him as a player. Like the it's it's the short stuff, it's the agility scores, and that's where he dominates. You know, it's not jumps, it's not the vert, it's not the broad, it's not and and it's really, really fun when when those line up as well. Yeah, okay. I, I dig it. No, those those are good thoughts, and I know that you've taken the athletic testing as a, you. It's it's a much bigger portion for you now than it was maybe like three or four years ago. I mean, you've you've mentioned that plenty of times, and uh, yeah, and four years ago I said that the combine did not matter. So yeah, I think <laughs> I would, yeah, I would say it's a little more than that now. Yeah, but it, it, it's a great point about like our eyes lying. Like when do we? It's so funny that we do that as football people. Like just watch the tape, trust your eyes, or whatever. Like. Right. When the hell do you do that in any other aspect of life? Right. Like right. When, do, when do you take surface level impressions seriously and that's it? The, the, the athletic testing is a cross check. That's that's one of the best things about it. And yeah, again, this whole thing like the eye in the sky doesn't lie. All right, dude. Look how much look how often the NFL fails. Yeah. And look how often uh, someone is we think is great is not. And uh, I mean, your eyes definitely, definitely do lie, and it's it's because of bias. It really is because of bias in yeah. a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. I, I dig it. All right. Now, speaking of things that aren't great or or don't work out, um, so Kareem Hunt is officially on my to to steal a to steal. Oh, a I thought you were going to talk about Allen Robinson from last year, but keep going. I'm cutting that out of the podcast. How, <laughs> oh my God. how dare you, you? How dare you think you can come on this podcast and do that? How dare you? That is horrific. Anyways, Josh, I'm just going to ignore that comment. So speaking of things that might not work out, um, Kareem Hunt, to steal a phrase from uh, our friend Mark Sessler at NFL Network, is officially on my radar as this year's Kenneth Dixon slash David Cobb, uh, i.e. a a rookie who goes might just go to a good spot, has some good-looking tape, is just a whatever athlete, um, and gets really overrated by the fantasy community. What do you think of Hunt, one, who I actually do like as a player, um, yeah. and who might be destined to be overrated by fantasy weenies after they land in a good spot? <laughs> um, first of all, don't give up like Kenneth Dixon. Like, I'm, I understand I'm not, he has like a four-game suspension. The, a, a better name to mention to me is Dennis Johnson. Do you remember that name from Arkansas? He I was remember like this... you liking Dennis Johnson. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I'm speaking for myself here. Some of us are open about our misses, Matt. Uh, but oh. Dennis Johnson is one of them. Uh, <laughs> no, no, no. So Kareem Hunt, I like Kareem Hunt, okay? I do like Kareem Hunt. I'm, um, I, I, I loved him more earlier in the process, but I, I appreciate him in that he's extremely productive, has been for a long time, and I think his balance is great. Now, does he offer one uh, specialized trait in any scenario? Not necessarily. Um, I, I do think that people who watch college football evaluators or whatever obsess over two things. They obsess over the big hard hitting sec safeties. Mm -hmm. And then they obsess over the backs who uh, excel in air and space. A la Josh Ferguson last year. Like what the hell were people thinking? Yeah. Um, Yeah. uh, (laughs) One of those this year is Tariq Cohen from North Carolina. Um, A&T Tariq Marlon Mack is another example. Uh, Jeremy McNichols, I think, is another example as well. I mean, I I, I like certain um, pieces and traits that they offer, but each is so uncertain behind the line of scrimmage that at times they're looking for the big play so often that they lose two, three, four yards. And Matt and and Matt, I guess, both of you, uh, it, it is it is apparent how early 
NFL coaches will completely put you on the bench if you do that stuff. Like instead of gaining one or two extra yards, if you lose three or four, I mean, a second and eight versus a second and 14 are totally different things for, for a coach's mind. Yeah. Yeah. And let me just be clear on the kind of the Kenneth Dixon thing and also yeah, the, better. Do the, better. The, the outrage of you saying I don't own up to my misses like someone who <laughs> my half my shtick is making fun of myself. That's outrageous, number one. Number two. You do miss a lot. Yeah, I yeah. do. Well, okay. I don't, don't even get me started on, on you, pal. This is this is unbelievable. Um, so I'm just scared. It's like an intervention. <laughs> Clearly. I, I guess you guys talked about this before uh, before the show. Yep. This is... this is No comment. <laughs> All right. But the point about the Kenneth Dixon thing, and people that listen to the Fantasy Live podcast during the season know what I'm talking about here. It's not that I think Kenneth Dixon's a bad player, but... If, if there's one axe I have to grind with the fantasy world, actually I have a lot, but like one that I feel really passionate about, it's the just how just the ridiculous notion that like, oh yeah, I liked this guy in college, you know, yeah, I, the fact that he's a day three draft pick doesn't matter. This coaching staff's clearly just going to make him the guy. I'm going to start drafting in the single digit rounds. Like I wrote a piece on on football guys in in my new column about about the Kenneth Dixon phenomenon and just like I don't hate Kenneth Dixon as a player. I hate what people what people did to him yeah. and like right. these and, stupid and expectations. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, it's just it's just the stupid expectations that people put on you know a guy that went in the fourth round and like just every step of the way the expectations were never realistic. And, and as soon as he gets a shot, he gets the label of, well, he's going to be a fantasy winner for you. Yeah, and, right. And, and me, meanwhile, Jordan Howard is staring at you in the face mm-hmm. and, like, actually has a full workload and, and and those scenarios. Yeah, I mean, sure, we all have our favorites. And I think at times some of us have our favorites and then they just get blown up out of proportion once the season goes along. And I would agree that Kenneth Dixon is one of those. However, I also was one who had Kenneth Dixon as a top 32 prospect last year. Yeah, so again, no problem with Kenneth Dixon, the player. Just uh, And again, no problem with Kareem Hunt, the player. But I just want to know who should be on people's radar as uh, yeah. as, as the potential overrated player. But All right, yeah, uh, one more question for me, Josh. I think... In your opinion, do players who are in the national spotlight, spotlight a guy like uh, Wayne Gallman out of Clemson, yeah, uh, do they have, do they have kind of like an unfair advantage in terms of familiarity and in turn draft day value over less, lesser known brand name players just because Clemson's been in the spotlight for the last couple of years, um, and people are familiar with him, seeing him on TV. Like I yeah. feel like he was regarded as. Not uh, maybe a top ten running back this year, and what I saw on tape didn't impress me, and I, I just can't wrap my head around a guy like Gallman, other than the fact that he w- he was in front of people's eyes more than some of these yeah. other guys. No, it's 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 a great question, and I'm not sure if I have a great answer for it. Yeah, um, because I think you guys know this. Following me on Twitter, like if I see a guy from Drake, you know, yeah. like if if I if I like him, I'll I'll put it out there. Now, surely. Um, someone who might be playing at Boise State might not get enough attention because, you know, on, on the the Beast Coast over here, I should say, the <laughs> that we all are asleep by that time, you know? Right, uh, right. One o'clock in the morning. Uh, who stays up that late on a Saturday? Not me. Uh, <laughs> I'm in bed by 11. Nerd alert. Um, uh, but... But, yeah, I mean, Clemson's, you know, they're always in the national spotlight. Like, like you mentioned, Alabama, LSU. Right. I mean, go on and on and on. Uh, and, and it surely helps. I mean, and it helps guys that are longtime starters. It, it absolutely helps them in, in, in that area as well. Again, I don't have a great 
answer for you. Yeah. But I, I I agree with you that bias does come into the picture when that happens. I will say I do like a little bit of what Wayne Gallman does. I, I, I like how he finishes runs, and um, I think he can make upfield cuts. And there were times in that final second half against Alabama where he had some great pass pro situations. Mm-hmm. But there are other times when it's absolutely awful. Yeah. So yeah. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's a fourth, fifth, or sixth round pick. Gotcha. Wow. Okay, cool. Wayne Gallman is a pretty natural transition to the last thing we want to have you do here, Josh. Um, And that is we want you to just take a look at our rookie big board that we put together. We sent you a link of it. Um, You know, our listeners over the three episodes, Franchise and I put together kind of a, what, like a top 36 or something? Uh, What's 12 times 3? 36. 36. Cool. I had it right the first time. Awesome. I only deal in percentages when we're talking about math. Um, so top 36 of rookies in terms of running uh, franchises, top running backs, my top wide receivers, and kind of our mutual tight ends. Right. And then we com- made a combined rookie big board. We want you to just blast that. Tell us what's wrong about it. Who's too high? Who's too low? Who should be yeah. not on there at all? Who should be on there? So give us maybe, like, what, when you first breezing it over, what's your first complaint? Um, I think Isaiah Ford is listed a bit too high. I know oh, well, you really like Isaiah Ford. Here we Ford. go. Right, right, I know. Right back at slandering me. Cool. I, th- I think. Well, I'm not going to, um, you know, insult franchise over there. Uh, I, I think <laughs> Isaiah Ford is all nuance to his game and nothing else. Mm. So, like, I, I have seen some of those prospects fail in the past. Um, I don't know. I'm just not so. I'm, I'm not seeing what you and some others are seeing with Isaiah Ford. I understand that, like. He's he again. It's the nuance of the position, like in terms of looking to the right when you're cutting to the left, or setting people up with head fakes and and being animated and things like that. Um, I just don't know if that's going to succeed in the NFL, Matt. Yeah, I don't know that Ford is ever going to be like I wouldn't go to bat that he's going to be like a high end starter, but I think there's always a place in the league for guys that that are detailed, are nuanced, are good separators. In in my opinion, like. Do I think he has maybe some Stefan Diggs to his game? Yeah, I, I definitely do, but more maybe more than that, I just so, think he can be a reliable sort of number three receiver maybe. Could he have some Quentin Patton to his game? Because Quentin Patton out of Louisiana Tech reminds me a lot of Isaiah Ford. Oh, see, I was trying to remember. Was it you that has, that has made that comparison before? I don't no, know. I just, I just made it up right now. No, really? I, I feel like I've heard Quentin Patton thrown around maybe before really? too. Um, but – uh, well, for one, I don't I don't have a lot of Quentin Patton takes. That was before my my draft time. What was that? Was that the 2013 draft? Yeah, or 2012 or something like that. Yeah, well, then I was definitely still in college and definitely not watching, not not grinding YouTube clips of players. Yet. No, you you weren't making draft videos. You you were out trying to find your soulmate instead. I don't know, but I don't know if soulmate was the, <laughs> what I was looking. You found for. him in me. Yeah, here here we are. Here we are. Uh, can I can I also ask you Weird. why you have Juju Smith Schuster so far above our Darius Stewart? I don't, and I'm not. Listen, I'm not even a big Juju Smith-Schuster guy. Um, no. But I don't. I, know. I have Trent Taylor over uh, Juju, like wow. Trent Taylor. Okay, well, take, let's talk Juju. about let's talk about both those prospects because that's fascinating. Because I'm not a big Juju Smith-Schuster guy, so you're not going to get a big defense out of me. But what I want you to tell me one, why what's what's wrong with Juju, and two, why do you like Stewart so much? Because I like Stewart, but not as much as guys like you and Matt Waldman and several other people. Um, that I think are well respected and yeah. really good. I'm just kidding. 
Let's let's not go down the list of of. I have more integrity apparently than you do, Josh, and I'm not just going to bring bring up misses that that you goofballs oh, have man. had. All right, so so with me, Juju like had a ton of production in 2015, and a lot of it to me was manufactured space that he took advantage of, a la in many ways Cooper Cup, I think, and Cooper Cup succeeded because of a lot of manufactured space. Um, to me, I didn't see any of that nuance in Juju. I, yeah. I think you see a big athlete who can run, and I think people kind of see Demarius Thomas in that. But I think Demarius Thomas is is very much a prospect who turned out to be great despite the odds against him, despite that type of prospect. Mm-hmm. In fact, I think Waldman really didn't like Demarius and, and wildly missed on him because of that. He's never um, been a guy that's good in reception perception either as, as a pro. Yeah. But, I mean, he has what I would call, say, like, a litany of what I call trump cards, you know, like his size, speed, his ability, you know, to to win after the catch. Um, and there are some things he's gotten better at as his pro's career pro career has gone on. But I'm with you on Juju that I also think, I, and you can tell me what you think about this. But people often cite that he's like a big physical bully or whatever. I don't see that in his yeah, game. At, I didn't see at it. all. Yeah, I, I didn't see. I didn't see it either. Um, in fact, I think Ardaris is more physical after the catch. I really like our dear Stewart. Yeah. So, so uh, preach, preach on Stewart there a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I, okay. If in full disclosure, I'm obsessed with big plays. Like I, I think the four ways to win football are blocking with five pass rushing with four, winning the turnover differential and creating big plays. Um, and our Darius is I in a class that might lack some vertical ability and, and big playability with the ball in your hands across the board. Let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. I think our Darius can do a number of those. I think he can succeed in the outside and the inside. I mean, Alabama just like played without a quarterback this year in a lot of ways. Like Jalen Hurts is not good this year. Um, and, and I think that hurt him and, ham- and hindered him in terms of the routes he was able to run and succeed in. Um, again, I don't think our Darius is going to be a first round pick or a second round pick, but I, I could put money on him being good in the third or the fourth round. Yeah, I see him as like maybe a poor man's Golden Tate sort of player, and that's a that, that's no slight because I like Golden Tate a lot. But if you look just looking at Stewart and reception perception, I never wrote him up or anything. But below average against man and zone coverage, not great in contested situations. But what I think he is really good at is I think he's really good after the catch. I think he's great at finding space in zones, and and that's why he's. A, a big play threat, like you mentioned. So I yeah. like Stewart, just not. It appears not nearly as much as as some other players. But that probably, like you said, has a lot to do with uh, typological oh. listing. All right, franchise. Why do you have? I know it's only one spot, but why do you have Jeremy McNichols over Alvin Kamara? Uh, because I can't, I can't wrap my head around Kamara being like a primary back. I know that that's not probably what his role is going to be in the NFL, but people were so high on him. And what I saw from Jeremy McNichols, um, he's tougher. He can run up the middle. And I think just that aspect that he's more of, I don't want to say feature back, but he has more Mm -hmm. strength and power uh, than a guy like Alvin Kamara. So I just had him higher because I think he's more apt as a complete NFL back where Kamara kind of just just excels as like a pass-catching scat back kind of guy. Now that you mentioned it, I can kind of see a cutoff there in between guys you think can – possibly be a primary and then guys that are kind of secondary yeah but i would i would make that cut off at seven to eight between jamal williams and jeremy mcnichols um okay because i i don't think i mean I, i'm this is just my opinion i don't think mcnichols um has it in him to be perfectly honest to um be someone that can work inside of confined space in terms of patience and vision i mean he had a bunch of like high school runs 
yeah. where he like got the ball and then just immediately ran to the sideline and like lost three yards. There were three in one quarter. <laughs> like you rarely see that at the college level. I forgot what game they were against. Um, but I mean, as soon as I saw that, it was one of those where I'm like, uh, I don't really need to see that much more. Um, yeah, yeah. But 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 and and I like Kamara and I'm with you. I think he's much more of a secondary piece than people give him credit for. Yeah. But if we're talking about secondary pieces, I do think. Kamara over McNichols. I think, just me. I think one of my other things with McNichols is that his workload was so insane. It was. Um, there were games, he had like 40 and 30 carries in consecutive games in the middle of the season, and that just kind of jumped off the page at me. And I was like, wow, this guy can carry a load. Yeah. Um, but no, honestly, the rest, I, I would agree with with a, a good bulk of it. I, I think I like Samaj P. Ryan a little more than you do. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I see a lot of Jonathan Stewart and Samaj P. Ryan. Yeah, uh, I see that. Yeah, someone with balance who can beat first contact, who's not going to run away from you, at least older Jonathan Stewart never does. But just like his work in the goal line is and short yardage is is, is unbelievable. Yeah, he's so a I'm a big loser. fan of P. Ryan. Yeah. Yep, I'm a big fan of P. Ryan. Cool. Nice. Well, that's cute. You two had a nice little backslap session. And, was... Brian, and Brian Hill absolutely sucks, and it's good. You have him at 15 or 14 or whatever, and you agree. I well, literally, actually, literally fell asleep watching his tape <laughs> he's off it was People late watch. it was late but yeah i was zoning out yeah we got to that third episode of the big board and like there was not a lot of passion left yeah <laughs> there was just not a lot of not a lot of passion left what? but yeah are there any players josh that we don't have listed that that you would want to cape up for you know and and that that brings me to something i wanted to mention on the, you know despite how much slander you've thrown my way Ooh, i was going to say you have a good track record of identifying kind of day 3 sleepers like grady jarrett or devonta freeman or, or maybe just future falcons are there any you kind of want to hey. drop on <laughs> drop on our listeners here <laughs> yeah i wish the team that i watched draft players i liked they might be better mm. um no uh, emotion no emotion behind football that's the way to go don't, don't, don't uh, so care. I have a lot of tight ends because um, I don't see them in every day. Tight ends uh, are good, yeah. Uh, so Eric Salbert out of Drake is a really good prospect. And again, he might not go until rounds four, round five. But if you're talking about a receiver that might go earlier in, in other years, I, I, I would throw out Eric Salbert. I mean, he's he's very athletic. I think he if he improves as an inline blocker and is just willing and adequate, he can stay on the field. But um, I mean, Bo Stanley went in like the seventh round last year, and Eric Salbert is far superior to that. Um, George Kittle, do you have that name in here? No, you don't. No, no. He's From, uh, right. Uh, George Kittle is might be one of the best blocking tight ends immediately, but he's also one of the most athletic tight ends in this class. And actually, this class is ridiculous in terms of athletes at tight end. Let's put it in perspective for in this. I'll end on this. Um, in the last two years, out of like 200 or 150 tight end prospects. Only four have tested in the 72nd percentile or better, okay? In this class, at the Combine alone, I believe there were seven of them. Um, so it's almost double. Actually, I believe it is double with George Kittle finishing um, than the last two years combined. This is an unreal tight end class, even though that is the slowest developing position in the NFL. Wow. So. Yeah, it's fascinating. Yeah. Well, Josh, really appreciate all of those great NFL draft takes, uh, whether it was – about our big board or just general draft philosophy or, or human evaluation stuff, but we it would not be right if Thank we you. let you off this podcast without yes. giving us some hipster takes, uh, because, as this is the Fantasy Hipsters podcast. So, Josh, we want 
three layers of hipster takes from you one about football one about it was beer or food you immediately chose food and and yeah we'll let you riff on that and also music so let's start with what's your hipster football take to drop before getting out of here oh my hipster football take um I, this might be the worst prepster take i have and this is the fantasy prepsters podcast prepsters. now i like it um well we got an elon grad here so yeah okay. I've, seen, I've seen the college pictures Josh. never never go to an actual football game if if your team is even in the super bowl don't go going Whoa. to the super bowl is actually bad wow it's not fun. i went i went in 2003 when the panthers were in the super bowl to houston yeah. um and it i mean it was fine uh, whatever, whatever her name is, uh, what Michael Jackson, Janet Jackson, her nipple came out. Oh so. yeah, it was it was the wardrobe malfunction. The wardrobe I malfunction. saw that from a thousand yards away. Nice. Um, but but football is so much more enjoyable to watch from your couch now than it is to actually be there. Like if when you go to a game, timeouts and in between breaks and everything just takes so long, and the whole time you're just checking Twitter to see what else is happening in other games. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, ever since I've watched NFL Red Zone, I haven't wanted to um, actually go to a game. I mean, I'll still go, but it's just not it's not as enjoyable as it once was for me. Yeah, that's a problem for the NFL. I was going to say, for one, you you perfectly crafted the hipster take by saying going to games is actually bad. Yeah. It's always important when you're dropping when you're dropping an unpopular to start off with take. like the hammer. Yeah. Right. And soften up a little. And well, and always to say. Act, it's actually bad. Like that thing you like is actually bad. Right. That's one of my favorite things to tell people. Um, yep. But it's it's true though because the NFL has made the f- at home fan experience so good that I, I had this debate with somebody the other day that like no it's t- yeah going to a football games sucks compared to what you can do from home. It's terrible. And also like then by making red zone such an appealing channel to watch, I think they've also spoiled. Like just watching traditional, watching a single game. Yeah, yep, I agree. With you. Because I you agree. can't, you cannot watch a game anymore and go on Twitter without like three fourths of your timeline complaining about the game. And it's like, do you people actually even watch football, or do you just need like the the coke shot to your nose of right. the Red Zone channel? Right. Like that's essentially what it is. I agree. Okay, would you like the food take now? Yes. yes. And you're, and if you don't know Josh. Uh, as as well as we do, or if you don't follow him on Twitter or anything, Josh is like a, basically a, a faux professional chef, right? Is that is that like? Is well, that if your... I didn't go to Elon and make that Unreal Draft video, then I probably would have gone to culinary school. I'm not like that good. Like I make the same things over and over and over again. But there's but you're things passionate about cooking. You yeah, you know, I, it's 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 my it's my hobby. It's like what I look forward to. It's my escape in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, so one, uh, Brussels sprouts were cool five years ago. Uh, oh. Two, two. Yeah, no, that's tr- no, that's that's true. But we still that's have legit. people to, to to convert. So I know I realize this is not like the time to be on Brussels sprouts, but and 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 you know what? Instead of me saying that every time you bring it up, I've actually embraced you uh, bringing more people into the fold because Brussels exactly. sprouts are really really good. They're yeah. great. But I, I will uh, oh. I will tease this though, Josh. Sorry to cut you off, but I will tease yeah, this yeah. like. For for people that follow me about the Brussels sprouts thing, stay tuned. We're gonna have a big uh, we'll have a big uh, a brand announcement on on Brussels sprouts, but but just stay tuned on that. Have you ever done like piccata style Brussels sprouts? Because I'm sure you like do kind of the same thing over and over and over again. Um, if you ever just want to put lemon and butter and capers in there, it, they're really good as well. That sounds um, amazing. Yeah. And, and 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 here's something I must plead for everyone: no matter what you're cooking, make it darker. 
on the outside more than you think you should. Um, hmm. I see all these pictures that you retweet, Matt, of people like super light Brussels sprouts, like they just chopped them in half and are eating them. Cook it a little longer than you think you should because it makes it that much better. Um, all right, so here's my food take. Uh, salad dressing in a bottle or whatever that you buy from the store is horrible. Don't eat it. It's awful for you. It has sugar, it has all these things, okay? The one salad dressing you need in your life is like this much Dijon mustard, a full lemon that you can squeeze, um, maybe a little pepper, maybe a little oregano, um, some red wine vinegar. Mm. And I, ma I make mine very acidic and yeah. very tart. And then maybe a third part um, olive oil. And that's it. That's all you need. And just whisk that up. You don't even have to do like the emulsion or anything. You can just put it all in the thing and shake it even in a bottle if you want. But I understand if people like blue cheese, if they like French dressing, whatever, stop doing it. It's what's making you gain weight. Yeah. It's like it's like it's like if people are saying I'm on a diet, but I'm gonna drink this soda. No, yeah. you're not on a diet, you know? <laughs> yeah. Or I'm gonna drink beer if I'm on a diet. You're um, not in a diet. <laughs> very true. I love uh, that take. That's yeah, awesome. That is, uh, but, but, but don't buy store-bought salad dressing. Just make your own every single time. Yeah, that's a great take. And I'm very anti-dressing. I think people – like big salad tricking you into dressing is the biggest crock that, that you can possibly imagine. It's a marketing yep. scam. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Uh, I have another one. Um, <laughs> Go for please. it. Uh, filet is like the 10th best cut of meat. Oh, uh, all right. That's uh, a hot, I feel like that's a pretty hot take. Yeah, because it's and okay. One, it's the most expensive for no reason. Mm -hmm. Two, if you if you like order a steak, medium rare, medium whatever, um, unless you're at a crap restaurant, it's going to be easy to eat. Like a lot of people eat fillet because they you know their their knife will slice through it. Blah blah blah. Okay, if you're cooking at home, any situation, just get a different slice of meat. Like it's yeah. fillet is just overpriced for what it is. Absolutely. Okay, I like that. That's a, that's a that one's short. These are passionate right. food takes. Um, I don't have really a music take. I actually used to not listen to music. What? Um, that is bizarre. Because and this segment is over. <laughs> because I would just listen to sports radio. Okay. Because I oh. thought I wanted to be on sports radio growing up. Um, so I really don't have. I have a music. I have a concert story. I have a few. Oh, okay. Um, we'll, so we'll, I'll give one of those. We'll so concert stories. We at, at Elon. We had. Girl Talk and Lupe come. Okay. Okay. And and I guess I got chosen uh, because I was such a handsome devil back then to dance on stage with Girl Talk. Okay, there was like ten of us that like yeah. this whole set. We yeah, were up there, yeah. all that thing, right? Yeah. And I was um I was not sober. And <laughs> and because Care, careful, why, careful, Josh. Millions I, of people download and listen to this podcast, this, so you know. There you there are worse stories that I will not share. Uh, and and <laughs> this was my junior year of college. And I guess all the jumping and dancing and doing the stanky leg and all that squares uh, led to me then turning around and puking all over Lupe's drum set and then escorting myself off and walking up to the risers and then crushing on the girl that I had a crush on for three years after that. Like, oh. it was just this whole thing that's this whole one movement that I don't remember any of it, but then somehow I just escorted myself off the stage, walked around, didn't have my ticket in my hand, said, oh, I was just on the stage dancing. They go, oh, okay, just keep going. And so I, then I just went up and back to my seat and watched oh the rest of the Oh my God, what a disaster. Yeah, it was good. <laughs> That's way better than any take I thought you would have dropped. That's no, that's I, yeah, fantastic. I don't really have to take takes. So. Oh, that's great. Well, well, okay, and I don't really go to concerts anymore. 
uh, because throw up is always and puke is always involved somehow. <laughs> Clearly, which is not good. Trey class. <laughs> It's not good. <laughs> Trends, nope, Josh. It's, not, it's never my puke except for that one time. Other oh, time. oh, oh, got it. Understood. Right. Wow, that is that's quite a story. Well, I think that's how we're going to end it, Josh. So, yeah. uh, <laughs> so thanks, thanks a ton to and Josh. My career as well. So. Yeah, for yeah, we always. It's always a you know. I know you and I obviously like we uh, we go on a lot of different podcasts, especially some with our old pals from from Draft Twitter, and it's always like, which one of these am I going to say something that am I gonna, I'm going to finally get fired for? Right. Um, <laughs> yeah. Maybe this is it. Maybe the fantasy hipsters finally, uh, especially with a couple of professionals like us, it's it's too bad right. that this is how it had to end. Um, but, <laughs> Anyways, Josh, we want to thank you a ton for, for coming on. Do you have anything you kind of you want to plug right now? Are you going to be doing anything special on draft night that you, uh, you know, you're broadcasting or anything that, you know? You yeah, I think I'm doing like a Facebook Live during the draft. Okay. Uh, so cool. people can watch the draft with me nice. if they want to. Um, but just, just check out Roto World. I mean, check out Evan Silva. Check out Ray Summerlin. Check out Zach Whitman. Uh, check out Marcus Armstrong at Mock Draftable. Check out a bunch of people who do really, really great work. Um, and if you like draft Twitter, buy the draft guides because I think that that's why people do it, and it's a really good hobby because I'm certainly never going to write one. <laughs> yeah, lots of great draft guides out there. Uh, Kyle Krabs, uh, Ian Wharton does one. Optimum Dane Scouting. Brugler. Dane Brugler yeah. has a great one, and obviously Matt Walden in the RSP is a, is is top notch too. So and Eric Galco as well at Optimum Scouting. Yes, I think you said that. Yeah, did say that. Thanks. Anyways, <laughs> um, franchise, you got anything you want to say before we close this interview out? I'm good. I'm still trying to visualize puking on nope. Lupe's drums. Don't do it. No, don't do <laughs> it. It's, 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 I'm it's good. A, Thanks for joining us. I know you're busy this week, Josh. No, it's you know, it's just another week. Cool. <laughs> all right well franchise and i are going to take a quick break we're going to kick josh off the podcast and when we come back we will have our music and beer takes on the other side all right everybody we want to remind you about the sponsor of today's show it's the Duchamp's grooming company their vintage inspired handmade grooming products for the modern day man are incredible they have a fantastic beard oil and beard balm to get your facial hair looking just right they also have a hair wax to make you look stylish as, as all get out, or even a little bit of lip balm there that's scented very nice. Now, for the ladies out there, if you still want to grab some products from them, which we encourage you to do so, they have plenty of kits to get your loved ones a present. All these handmade products are awesome. I use them every day. I have them in my pocket right now. They even have a signature scent. Um, you can find all this stuff at the online shop at www. D-U-C-H-A-M-P-S-G-R-O-O-M-I-N-G dot C-O. That's DoChampsGrooming.co. They have an online shop and follow them on Instagram, DoChampsGroomingCo, and on Twitter, at DoChampsGroomCo. Find them, follow them, retweet them, and buy their stuff. All right. Let's get back to the show. All right. All right, well, thanks again uh, to Roto World's Josh Norris for joining us to talk all we possibly need to know about the NFL draft. Literally, I don't need to know anymore other than for the thing to happen. That's all we need to know now. Um, but so to close it out here, we'll do our usual music and beer picks of the week. Uh, franchise, do you want to tell the people who sponsors this segment? I do. This this segment is sponsored by Flag and Anthem. It's a men's clothing line. You can find them at flagandanthem.com. 
Flagon Anthem is subtle, smart, well-made style for the kind of guy who values hard work but also knows how to unwind and have a good time. They make clothing for guys who are too busy enjoying life to obsess about microtrends like me and Harmon here. No trend uh, zone. And no trend zone. And they make classics that are always cool. Me and Harmon are wearing some flag and anthem shirts right now. Mine's a sh- well, they're both short sleeve button ups. It's yo, fellas. It's short sleeve button up season. Yeah. If it's you're almost not May here. If you're not in on the short sleeve button ups, you need to get in on them. And that's why for our latest flag and anthem shipment, I had him send me one. Yeah. And it looks damn good. They got good designs. They got some solid colors. They got some floral patterns. They got some stripes. They got some polka dots. Whatever your style is, they got you covered. And for listeners of the Fantasy Hipsters podcast, we are rewarding you with a 25% off promo code. Just enter Fantasy Hipsters one word upon checkout on your first order Order at flagandanthem.com. You'll get that 25% off. And follow them on Instagram. They're always posting awesome stuff there. And Twitter, um, at Flag and Anthem CO. They, they do random sales on, on their social network. So keep an eye out on those. They need some help on social. So please support the Fantasy Hipsters and go follow Flag and Anthem. Yeah. Get, get yourself some short sleeve button-ups. I'm telling you. Yeah. This is what we were talking about before the show. Like maybe some you know, cotton, linen, whatever. Either way, you can rock this down you know, outside. They've also got some multicolored shorts just came in for the new arrivals. Get some of those before they're gone. Might have to get on that short section next. All right. Good stuff. All, All right, right, well, what's your? tell us who is your music artist of the week. You're right. This, this is a little bit out of my wheelhouse here because this guy I'm about to talk about, this artist, is about to blow up. He's on the verge. Whoa, whoa, whoa. so you're telling me we're, this is like you, you were about to break some news here? Well, I wouldn't say I'm breaking news. But he's, like, in the gray area between underground and mainstream. Like, he hasn't gone mainstream yet, so I'm, oh. I'm trying to get ahead of it. Maybe I'm about a week late on this. Well, so, but our listeners need to get on this. Yeah, you need right, to get on this right, right now. now. I've already added the tracks to the Fantasy Hipster uh, Picks Spotify playlist. The artist I'm talking about, is his name is Khalid. Now, you might get him mixed up with DJ Khaled. No, completely different. Not related. Not, not a Snapchat phenom? Uh, no. But he is a uh, young 19-year-old kid. He's exploding right now. His first full-length album just came out last month uh, in March. It is called American Teen. He just graduated high school last year, so he's super young. And go follow him on Instagram because it's kind of cool to see his journey of him like getting more and more popular and doing promo. And there's a, a video of him in the street. Um, some guy was playing acoustic guitar somewhere in Los Angeles. And he was playing one of his songs. And Khalid ended up walking by and was like, hey, that guy's playing my song. And like stopped and started singing while the guy, oh, while wow. the, like singing his own song while the guy was playing. It was just a cool moment. That's on his Instagram. Anyway, let me talk about the music. Um, so his his music, it's, it's a blend of like R&B laid back. Uh, he has a very unique vocal delivery which is part of what makes him accessible. And the lyrical content about teenage life, I think, is really what's putting him on the map, especially with the younger kids. That's what the kids are listening oh, to. You know what I'm saying? Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, a lot of songs are about stuff you do when you're a teenager, partying with your friends. And there's a lot of a couple songs about, you know, love and heartbreak and stuff like that. So it's a good blend of emotional. There's a little bit of nostalgia there for... The, the people who've been around the sun a couple extra times, you know, thinking mm. back on our teen years. The olds. Yeah. But it's just good laid-back vibes. There's no one out there like him right now. He's got a really cool voice. 
he spent a lot of time traveling as a kid because his mom was in the military. He got his start singing with the U.S. Army Band. Um, his voice is, like I said, he's got like a unique delivery. Um, the New York Times reviewed his album and called his 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 delivery uh, slow syrupy drops of lyrics because it's just kind of like it's really hard to explain. You just got to listen to okay. it. He doesn't sing with power, only internal grace and calm. That's from the New York Times. So um, the New York Times also said his album is a combination of bedroom art soul and 1980s new wave pop uh, and a union of lonely boy mirror gazing with a sense of larger cultural purpose. So this kid is a little bit ahead of his time here at 19 years old. Plus, he's got an epic beard. Oh, okay. So maybe we got to so get that, him some dew champs. Yeah, clearly. Get Listen, that beard oiled up, nice have, and shiny. Have him hook us up. I mean, have him hit us up, and we'll hook him up. Yeah, I think I should reach out to him. You should. I threw a couple songs on the playlist. Like I said, one's called Young, Dumb, and Broke. The other one is called 18. And then the third one is called Location, which I think was his first big song that put him on the map last year. So check out Khalid. Cool. Album's called American Teen. All right, I'm in on this. Yeah. I mean, you sold me, whether it was the, we need to be in on it right now. Right now. The, like last week. Right, like the unique backstory of him, mm-hmm. you know, singing in a U.S. Army band. That's yeah. pretty sick. I dig it. I dig everything you're saying. Very young. I'm in. Yeah. I'm in. You, you, got, you got me hooked. Cool. Um, what do you got for beers, brah? So beer of the week. Last week I went down to uh, Virginia with my beer pick. Uh, very good stuff with the, uh, with the, the Vienna Lager from Devil's Backbone. We're going to stay on the East Coast this week. And we're going to talk about Highland Brewing Company out of Asheville, North Carolina. I like it. Um, Asheville is like where, you know, you know that place like in the world where you feel like you're supposed to be? Yeah. I've always felt like called to Asheville. Interesting. I, I, yeah. I, I, uh, I've never actually been, but before I was, go- <laughs> well, so, but before I was, what? so I've never actually been, but I've always just felt, you know, just the, what I've heard about the city. I'm like, I feel like I'd really like it there. Okay. You know, and I'm, my family's all from North Carolina and everything, but. In West Virginia. Shut that bit's so so old. It's still, still alive. You need to get some new material. All right. You and you and James Coe uh, all need some new material. Um, but so, anyways, yeah. When I was before I was gonna move out to L.A. before this whole NFL job thing happened. Yeah. Unfortunately. Ha ha ha. Uh, yeah. <laughs> before that, unfortunately, happened in my life. My plan was to move to out of Virginia to Asheville. So my point is always a place I've been called. And one reason is because. They've got great beers like this. Cool. So Highland Brewing Company, they have a great, like their main beer is their Gaelic Ale. It's a deep amber-colored sort of beer. Um, really great. I mean, just their super easy drinkable beer. I was at um, I was at my dad's beach house down in uh, Emerald Isle, North Carolina, when I was back home uh, last summer. Put up a good picture on Instagram, drinking some of the, the Gaelic Ale, you know, out on his uh, back deck. Uh, awesome. Kind of in the evening. It's a good, I would say it's a good, like, evening beer. Okay. You know, maybe not when you're slamming while you're down at the beach, but maybe then when you're winding down afterwards about to have some dinner, you have some Gaelic Ale. So it's really good. Obviously, you know, got a little bit of that Kel- Celtic vibe with the Gaelic in it. But, yeah. yeah, super easy drinkable. If you're on if you're on the East Coast, it's it's a pretty easy beer to, to find. I would see it at a lot of kind of like, you know, Wegmans and... Uh, in Virginia or something like that. And then down in North Carolina, you could probably find it at like the regular old grocery store. So Highland Brewing's got a bunch of great beers, uh, but this is probably my favorite one of theirs. Awesome. Next time I'm back east, I will check it out. Yeah, I am officially going to be back east uh, probably like June 7th to June 27th. All right. So about 20 days in June, I will be officially back in the East Coast. Looking forward to seeing uh, plenty of friends and family. Also looking forward to drinking 
some Gaelic ale from Highland Brewery. Sounds like a plan. Not maybe not, not even in that order. Ah, ah, I see uh, what you did uh, there. Oh, oh, oh! Hope beer before friends. Beer, beer before friends. Obviously, right. hope nobody that I'm actually friends with is listening to this. Anyways, <laughs> so that's all for the show today. Um, awesome conversation with Josh Norris. Fantastic stuff. Great music pick by franchise. Uh, great beer pick by me, obviously. Um, as yeah, they've all been. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, so you know, the draft is coming. We're going to have a lot to talk about next week. You know, we are not doing our mailbag special episode this week, but we've got plenty coming at you next week with the draft. We've got another special guest hopefully coming on ah, next week as well. That's a, that's a tease. Stay tuned. Uh, but until then, everybody, enjoy the draft. Yeah, um, if you've got, If you've got, like, a good hipster way to watch the draft, maybe tweet it at it. Tweet it at the at Fantasy Hipsters handle or, or email it to us, and we'll, maybe we'll talk about that. On next week's uh, show, I like if, if that you've idea. Got some good ideas. We'll give you. We'll give you a shout out. Cool. Um, until then, check out Do Champs Grooming. Check out Flag and Anthem. Check out Reality Sports Online. Use all of our promo codes. And uh, I mean, I guess hipsters out. Hipsters out. Hey, Harmon, you go to Coachella? No, I did not oh, go to Coachella. Po- poop for you. <laughs> what character are you playing right now? <laughs> My landlord. And that's what your landlord sounds like? He's from Romania. His name is Cloud. Ah. So he saw Ken's in the garage the other day, and he ran up to her and says, Hey, Mackenzie, go to Coachella this weekend? <laughs> she said it was so funny. He was like, you go to Coachella? You do the party? He was like so excited, but in his in his Eastern European accent, it was like Coachella. That's great. <laughs> you do a great impression. What can I say? He's a good guy. That's good to hear. Lucky Land Casino asking people, "What's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?" Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.